you are Locked On A's. Your daily Oakland A's podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's time for Locked On A's. Stepping to the mic, it's your host, Jason Burke. Thank you, Amelia. And how's it going, A's fans? Welcome to episode 321 of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, noted baseball fan, Jason Burke. And on today's episode, it's Tony Kemp Day, everybody. Get excited because the rest of the weekend was not fun. (laughs) So I'm going to start off this episode with my 15-minute interview with Tony Kemp. He was fantastic. Gives me some good insight. I think you guys are going to enjoy it a whole bunch. And then in the third segment, I'll talk a little bit about uh, the discourse happening on Twitter right now. Should the A's be buyers or sellers at the deadline with the Seattle Mariners just looming a game and a half back of Oakland right now? So uh, I got some thoughts on that. So uh, that's what's coming up for you guys today. But it is also MLB draft season. Well, kind of. It's wrapping up. But the guy that you want to listen to for all of the draft talk and all of the prospect talk is Aram Layton, the host of Locked On MLB Prospects, because he does player interviews, farm system breakdowns, and it's every single day. Subscribe to the Locked On MLB Prospects podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And also make sure to follow this podcast wherever you like to hear podcasts. And uh, you can follow us on social media at Locked On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. Thank you to George and Russell for uh, partaking in this week's uh, Spotify Green Room. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and then if you guys have any questions for me, send those to Locked On Athletics at gmail.com. Also, before I send it to Tony Kemp, I am also uh, filling in on Monday's episode of Locked On Mariners. I'm going to have many, many more nice things to say about their team than I do about the Oakland days after this weekend, but it's still not August yet. There is still plenty of time. A quick five-game win streak turns everything around, so that's that's where I'm heading with this, I think, but I'll, I'll cover both sides for you guys here in the third segment, but without further ado, the man, the myth, the legend, it is Sir Tony Kemp. All right, today I am joined by the man that makes a highlight catch every single game. It is Tony Kemp. Tony, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries. So I'm going to start off just real quick. Um, Last week was the All-Star break. What did you do with your All-Star break? Man, went home to Nashville, saw some family. Um got on a boat for a day for five or six hours, just relaxed, reset the body, reset the mind, sat on my couch. And, um, man, it it was awesome. It was a good little reset. I needed, I needed it. That's awesome. Um, you're also in Seattle right now. And my, my question is there's a bunch of guys in baseball that have like their thing that they do on the road. You know, Canna is a food guy, uh, Doolittle who used to be on the team, independent bookstore guy. Do you have a thing that you do when you go on the road? (laughs) <laughs> well, actually, this is probably one of my favorite cities to to visit in the AL West. But, um, you know, I like to go I like to go into the shop, see what they got. Um, me and Caprillion today went to, uh, you know, All Saints down the street and, uh, you know, got some hoodies and some things. He he messed up his laundry, so he had to uh, he had to buy some new white shirts. So I, I was <laughs> I was going with him today. But I'd probably have to say go out, get some brunch. 
uh, there's some good, there's some good food spots in the city. So um, yeah, probably, probably get some good food and some shopping. I figured that you were a shopping guy because your style is always amazing. And that can't just be from one area that has to be from everywhere. So I figured shopping had something to do with it. Um, have you done the underground Seattle tour? I, you just go underground and it's a lot of fun. You learn about the, the history of the city. It, it's a good time. <laughs> yeah. My brother went on it. Actually, I think that was two years ago. He went on it with his family that came up to visit, uh, to watch me play in this city, um, over in pioneer square. I think we went over there too. Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's just, this city has got so many unique little pockets. Uh, we actually spent my wife and I in 2017, actually AAA all-star break. We spent like three or four days here and went to a winery and stuff. So it's a good city. Yeah. I only spent like two days and I had a great, great time and I can't wait to come back. But, um, so let's move into the season that you're having. It's, you know, up and down, but statistically over the course of the season, been pretty good. And your K percentage is in the 79th percentile pretty solid uh, walk percentage in the 97th. You got your whiff percentage in the 92nd percentile and then your chase rates in the 91st. So those are all very, very nice things. Um, wow. What adjustments have you made at the plate over the course of from last year to this year or over the course of this year, or just what have you been working on at the dish? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me in the off season is, and you know, I hinted at it when I think I was talking to Matt Carhar mm -hmm. and we were talking about, you know, those swing changes and I was wanting to, you know, have, add some more exit velocity, um, you know, two hand, two hand finish. And, uh, and spring training was good. I just had, I had too many whiffs and I wasn't happy with, you know, the results. I mean, I had a good spring training, but um, if you go back, I think I had the, like the highest whiff rate that I'd ever had in a spring training or in that given time. So, uh, you know, the biggest thing I was just working on was just my zone. I know like, Ever since 2013, I know that my plate discipline is one of my strengths. So uh, just being able to hone in on that zone and uh, really know what pitchers are doing with that out pitch with two strikes and uh, where they like to bury it and, you know, if they like to elevate it too. So just little things like that and actually understanding uh, pitchers more, doing more homework. And, um, you know, this is a fun team. So, uh, you know, I would definitely want to bring my A game every day. For sure. Um, when you make an adjustment at the plate over the course of a season, because it's always a series of adjustments, how quickly can you tell that it's working or not working? And is it harder to make those adjustments and get a, a good grasp on those when you're not playing every day because the A's like to play matchups? Yeah, I think one thing is you always want to get a feeling of a routine. Um, you know, if you're starting, you need to have a routine. And if you're not starting, you need to have a different set of uh, things that you go back to. As far as my routine, it, it, it on two separate days, if I'm starting, I'm usually in the cage early. But um, if not, I usually like to get my work in during the course of the game. You know, no one's in the cage and uh, it's the second or third inning. And, um, you know, I think the biggest thing is keeping your routine uh, as simple as you can. Um, but, you know, we're all I think the thing that's cool to see is, um, you know, the, the process that it takes in the cage until it transforms into the game. You know, you're not going to get those instant results in. You know, if you're if you're good enough and you do, then obviously you're going to be sticking with that. But I think it's just trusting, um, you know, what you're working on the cage and not bringing the cage into the game and, um, you know, separating those two. And, you know, the season is going to bring a, a roller coaster of emotions, obviously. And, you know, you have to remember it's, you know, batting averages now are, are down and uh, it's it's just one of those things where it's it's good pitching plus the shift that they put on you and you know, sometimes it is what it is. You're going to hit balls right at people because of your percentages. So uh, you just have to roll with the punches and uh, keep making adjustments. 
you actually led me very nicely to my next question, which is, you know, a month ago, it was all about sticky stuff. That was all you heard about. And now it's not really being talked about a lot. Um, one guy got dinged, but that's it. It's not as prevalent or, you know, maybe they stopped all that stuff, but have you noticed a difference in spin rates and, and, you know, how things are moving uh, at the dish and has that also been an adjustment for you to make? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, you still see good four seamers with, you know, some good ride to them, but um, you know, I, I, I do think that the sticky stuff had something to do with, you know, those RPMs and uh, you know, obviously, you know, where we are now uh, it, it was always a thing that I knew pitchers use sticky and, I couldn't really concern myself with it because that wasn't my job, you know, um, you know, but obviously with, you know, the MLB cracking down on it now, you can see, um, you know, the spin rates and, and you can dive into that. I haven't, I haven't even looked at any of the statistics. I just know that, you know, they're not the same, but um, I think, um, I think the biggest thing that I need to focus on is myself. And that's the only thing I can control, you know? Hey, it's me again. Tony's going to tell me about the mental side of the game and uh, give me a nice book recommendation. And we're also going to talk a little bit about Bone Thugs and Harmony. So that's what we got coming up for you guys. But today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online, and Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to place a bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. The trade deadline is right around the corner, so there is plenty of stuff that you can put money on over at Bet Online. And you can also get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs and including baseball, basketball, the NHL, the NFL, and all of your UFC or MMA action. And I don't know if you know this, the Olympics are going on right now. And if you want to place a bet on the equestrian uh, uh, sports or anything that you want to place a bet on with the Olympics, they have it right there for you. You can go individual, you can go team related. They got it there for you at Bet Online. So before the next pitch, head on over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contests information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs in the playoffs. So head on over to their website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And now back to my conversation with Tony Kemp. I was hoping that you could shed a little bit of light on the mental aspect of the game, uh, especially in the digital age, because you are fairly out there on social media. And when you're when you're up, everything is great when you're down and, you know, people are people on Twitter. Uh, yeah. How do you go about dealing with that? How do you stay mentally strong? Because the game is a very mental game and you got to just kind of keep grinding. So how do you go about that? Yeah, I always say, you know, I even created a playlist called 90 percent mental. And, you know, I think the game is 90% mental. And, um, you know, I think one thing that I always go back to is not one single person that is talking negatively about me on Twitter can step in my shoes and do what I do. So why would I be upset? You know, it's obviously these are fans and, you know, I'm happy that they're, you know, so involved. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we are the professionals. We've been doing this our whole lives. And, uh, you know, sometimes we make the game look very easy. And, uh, but sometimes, you know, it's hard and, you know, it still is baseball ball's not always going to roll your way, but I think for me, my mental side is, you know, I feel like it's always been a strength of mine that you just have to keep chucking along. I, I'm been reading a book called obstacle is the way, and it's kind of like, you know, how you face uh day-to-day -day obstacles, how you're going to get past them, how you're going to get through them. And, you know, you just keep chipping away and, 
um, you know, you're going to find a way through. I like that. I'm going to check out that book. I wrote down the, the title. We're good. Dude, read that. So the trade deadline is the, the new topic right now. Sticky stuff is out the window. It's trade deadline time. And you are somebody that has been traded at the trade deadline and also welcomed people into your clubhouse. What is that like go, either going to a new clubhouse or welcoming somebody in and has being moved at the deadline kind of helped how you try to help ingratiate those people into uh, a clubhouse? Yeah, I think it- you know, being traded, you definitely know what people are going through, obviously trying to make a good impression. And, you know, sometimes you can put too much pressure on yourself and, you know, you get outside of yourself and you put too much pressure on yourself and then you end up not doing good. And, you know, even when I got traded to the Cubs from Houston, it was a different uh, league. It was a change of scenery, you know, AL West to NL Central. And uh, you're at Bush Stadium and playing a, a big rivalry that you always saw growing up. And now you're right in the, in the middle of it. And, uh, you know, you just have to roll with the punches. I think that, you know, sometimes we get um, we get caught up into the future too much that we're not really living in the present. Um, but as far as welcoming teammates, I think that everyone's just trying to win. Everyone wants to win a championship. Everyone wants to go to the playoffs. And, uh, you know, I, no matter what the personality is, you know, once they step on the field, you know, we're, we're trying to win. So um, anyone that comes to this ball club, um, I'll be happy and, um, you know, we'll keep moving forward. I mean, I, I think that everybody's hoping for moves, but I mean, you, you <laughs> do what you can and then we'll, we'll see what happens, but this team is very talented. And, uh, I think the, they, they've got a, a lot of pieces right now and, uh, y- your buddy Caprillion over there, big part of the reason why I'm feeling fairly decent right now. So, um, yeah. I got a couple of more questions for you. Uh, first one, a couple of days ago, you met with some kids from Oakland, uh, in, you know, uh, in partnership with the Players Alliance. And just for people that don't know what the Players Alliance is, how would you explain what the mission of the Players Alliance is and what did the kids ask you uh, in the Q&A? Yeah, so the Players Alliance was formed, um, you know, the Curtis Granerson, CC Sabathia. Um, it, it, the guys that created the Players Alliance are, you know, some special guys that did some special things in the big leagues, especially being um, a black and, you know, you see different things that the organization has done. You know, now you see MLB is giving 100 to 150 million, I think it is. And, you know, it's all about getting in those communities that can't afford the baseball equipment. Um, you know, baseball equipment can get expensive. And, you know, it's easy if you're, if you're going and playing a basketball game, you need some shoes. You know, you need shoes and shorts, but baseball is cleats, it's bats, it's gloves, it's batting gloves. And, and you know, that stuff can get expensive. So uh, we started with the, um, the pull-up tour, which was actually pretty cool. Um, going, the guys donated a bunch of gear, uh, minor leagues throughout the big leagues, um, and went to these different cities and hit these um, lower-income uh, families that you know we could be able to give free gear to, and it was awesome to see. You know, you never know. You one day you look up and a kid is giving an interview saying, you know, I got my first glove from a pull-up tour from the Players Alliance, and you know, I think that's a that, that's a big deal, especially moving forward with our generation and. Um, the Q and a was cool. It was cool because, uh, one of the questions, you know, there's a smaller kid on the team and, um, he was like, how do you deal with being the smallest on every team? And, you know, I told him it's all about your heart and it's a, it's about the, the fight that you have within yourself and, uh, always to stay positive. And, you know, I feel like these kids are, they're the, they're the next generation. They're the next wave that's coming through. And, uh, you know, obviously you want to try to be you know, the best role model you can be for them. 
I think you're a great role model. I mean, I don't have like role models uh, these days, but I think you're a fantastic person to try and live up to because of all of the work that you do, both on the field and in the community. You're a fantastic human being, and I, I appreciate you. you doing that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that, man. Yeah, no worries. Uh, my, my last question for you, uh, it has a bit of a backstory. A couple of weeks ago, I was looking up, I, I, for people that listen to the podcast, they know that I love walk-up songs. And I was looking up your walk-up song on MLB.com. They said that it was Thuggish Ruggish Bone by Bone Thugs and Harmony. And then I asked Amelia Schimmel, the A's PA announcer, and she said, that is not correct, but I have to ask my question anyway. Who is your favorite member of Bone Thugs and Harmony? <laughs> Dude, so it's actually funny because I got it. Um, I was trying to like try out walkouts at the beginning of the year. I was like, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to go with, but um, I can't answer your question. I can't answer your question. I'm sorry. Why? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know the members? I don't know. I don't know the members. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't. I just no, like the song. It is all good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry to let you down. Is... I'm sorry to let you down. No, it is okay. Um, I've had that educate, earworm stuck in my educate, head. Educate me though. They got busy, crazy, lazy, wish, and flesh and bone. Those are, those are the members. I like Busy personally. He's the guy that's on, you know, uh, Crossroads, the guy that everybody likes from that song. So okay, that's yeah. my guy. My wife, I believe, likes Crazy, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so we've been having conversations about this for the last couple of weeks. Like, hey, who's your favorite? Let's listen to this song. And I, that song is an earworm. It is always in my head. And so I've been listening to that album and uh, it's, it's got some bangers on it. So I'm very happy with it. Actually, next question. Um, if you could pick any song, regardless of lyrical content, to be your walk-up song, what would it be? Mm. Yeah, that's a, mm, that's a great question. <laughs> I would probably have to go... I'd probably have to go something with Drake. Um, maybe I might go something that's new. I might go Drake, What's Next? Um, always been a Drake fan, so I'd probably have to go with that. Okay. If it didn't matter about the explicit oh. stuff <laughs> it's a family friendly place you got you gotta make sure that right. you know you try to keep it clean as you can exactly although oakland does play some stuff so they do. <laughs> they do. all right well that is all that i got for you where can people find you on social media anything you want to plug or oh no i mean if you go to my social media you can go to breakingtea.com with the plus one effect and uh go read about it uh, having a positive conversation about race with someone and um, yeah, really good work that's been done. My wife's been helping me a lot and um, you know, that category and all those, all those campaigns and stuff. She's, she's been a rock. So, um, you know, check out that. And I think it's just at Tony Kemp on Twitter. I don't know my Instagram, Tony Kemp six. Yeah. I think it's Tony Kemp six. Yep. <laughs> I was like, I was just looking it up. <laughs> yep. Yep. So yeah, man. Thank you so much for joining me, man. Yeah, dude, no problem. A huge thank you to Tony Kemp for stopping by for 15 minutes and, you know, chatting with me about just some, some things that I was thinking about and uh, giving me some perspective on what it's like to be a big league player in the year 2021. But uh, before I get into the third segment, I got to tell you guys about Built Bar. And did you know that they have nine delicious core flavors that are available at all times? And they also have some, you know, some seasonal flavors that you can get into that are also absolutely fantastic. If you want to know about 
about the nine flavors. You got coconut. You got cherry barcia, which is my favorite, by the way. You also got raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. They're all fantastic. Cherry barcia is the winner in my book. But if you haven't tried any of these flavors, or if you haven't tried all of these flavors, you can go over to their website and get a mixed box, and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors, and then you can just battle them out together or, you know, squish them together and make combos or do whatever you want to do with the built Bars because you're going to be getting protein. You're not going to be getting a lot of sugar. You're not going to be getting net carbs. It is a fantastic source of just energy and just fun for you. So go on over to their website at built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to the Locked On Ace podcast. If you guys are enjoying the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you like hearing podcasts. Uh, leave us a five-star review if you can. Always love hearing the nice things that people like to say about the podcast. It makes me feel good. It gets me through each and every day. And also follow us on social media at Locked On Ace on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by Jason B on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. If you guys have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. And I know that we don't talk a lot about betting on this show because I like to leave betting to the experts and the experts reside over at Locked On Bets because they make it so that betting on baseball or whatever sport you want to bet on does not have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You guys can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favored picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. You can follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. But that's all for uh, for bets. If you like that, check them out. They're fantastic. They put on a, a very, very fun show. I love listening to what they have to say each and every morning. But uh, let's talk about the A's weekend in Seattle real quick because yikes, uh, not fun. And I, and I know that they lost the last three. And uh, so part of me is, oh no, the Mariners are catching up and it doesn't look like this team has any more fight. But at the same time, they went three and three last week with their two wins against the Angels, who are the team that they can beat right now are the Angels because uh, they stink. But I mean, the Mariners are going to be a good team at some point. And I know that they're, they're not, it's not like they're losing to the Rangers. The Mariners are a good team. They're getting a little bit lucky, as we saw this weekend, where uh, they, they won two games because of, uh, you know, wild pitches. So that's not great. And then maybe the A's actually tie it if Matt Chapman doesn't try to go for third. And we could debate whether or not that was a smart play. I know that uh, retrospect is obviously uh, 2020 because, oh man, was he wasn't out by much, but being out at third base and getting that second out as opposed to first and second with nobody out is a big swing in momentum in favor of the team that you're trying to catch. And I, don't, I feel like if you're losing in the ninth inning, you don't push the envelope. And, but sometimes that's what, you know, kills the AIDS rallies as well. So it's a uh, damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. So, um, you know, you, you could have made the case where if he didn't go and then, you know, the next two guys struck out or whatever, then he should have run for a second or for third base and he would have, you know, put the pressure on them. And then you're only a wild pitch away because we've seen how uh, wild pitches uh, can help teams win baseball games. But so it feels like 
something's missing, obviously. And I think that the, the, the easiest thing that you could say is the A's should go get Javi Baez. It's somebody that I talked about in the offseason. Uh, I've stopped talking about him as much because I didn't know that he'd be available. And then I mentioned him on Friday's episode, and I was like, hey, he'd be cool. But then I also uh, went back over to Chris Bryant because he can fill in over at third base or in the outfield, and that would be great. But I think that Javi Baez, because he is just such an energetic guy, he would fit in perfectly with the Oakland clubhouse and maybe just bring every bring a spark because this team needs a spark right now. And Javi Baez would be that guy. But the, the question that I'm having is, is John Fisher going to allow the front office to spend money? And I know that there's a lot of frustration on Ace Twitter right now about the front office never does anything. They always do half measures. They never really push the chips in. And for a while, I've been thinking this team is going to push their chips in because they might be selling in the offseason. We don't know what's going to happen. And the only thing that could help them from not selling during the offseason, maybe a World Series, but I doubt that, um, would be the fact that we don't know what's happening this offseason with the CBA. But if the CBA is not an issue, then why not sell, you know, Chapman, Olsen, Ramon Laureano, uh, Sean Murphy, Chris Bassett, Sean Mania. Uh, why not sell all of those guys, Frankie Montas, maybe, I don't know, but um, it, it could be a very, very dark winter. And it feels like depending on what the Mariners do, I think that potentially, potentially if the Mariners go out and go get, you know, some guys that are going to help them for the next couple of seasons. And then they already got Jared Kalanick, who hasn't been performing at their major league level. They've got some guys coming up throughout their minor league system that are going to be getting closer. They're going to be a more formidable force in this division. And then the Astros, depending on what they do, are the A's going to take a, a, a voluntary step back coming up in the off season? So, uh, I, th- I've thought that that would be the case for a while, and it seems like that might be the case even more so now if the A's are not able to at least push for a wild card. And given their financial, you know, quote unquote constraints or John Fisher's financial constraints on the front office, it doesn't look like they're going to be making those those big moves. If they do, that's fantastic. I am super on board. And I think that they should make those moves because he's trying to build a stadium (laughs) and that that makes too much sense where you actually put money into the thing that you're trying to build around. But uh, he has been just not great to the fan base for years and years. Why would it change right now? Um, and I don't think that there's a magic cure where they can like trade Steven Piscotti and Elvis Andres and free up money in the future. And then they can use that money. Now Th- those contracts are not necessarily movable. So I don't think that that's something that the front office can do in this, uh, you know, trade deadline as well. But I also don't think that they're going to be trading, that, that they're going to be selling at this trade deadline because in, in the terms of a, a big sell off. So, Um, I know that there's been some discourse on whether or not the A's should be buyers or sellers, and I don't think that they're going to be full-on sellers, even if they, you know, lose out from here on, because they want to get the best package that they can for Matt Olson and Matt Chapman and Ramon Laureano, and I don't even know if Sean Murphy would be gone yet, because I don't feel like he's reached that potential that he has yet, so they'd be trading him at not quite his fullest potential, which is another risk because he has been dinged up and, you know, collapsed lung and all that stuff, so uh, maybe you get what you can for him, and then... It, you roll with AJ Puck and Jesus Lazardo uh, and James Caprillion as your top three in the rotation for next year, which isn't a bad top three. I, I got to be honest, but it's the everybody else that you got to replace. But maybe, maybe if the A's end up, you know, losing out, which I don't think that they're going to be doing because uh, they got a, they got an off day on Monday, which is nice, and then they get uh, two games against the Padres, which. We'll see. It's Chris Paddock who hasn't been great, and then also Blake Snell who also hasn't been great. So 
let's see if the bats can do something. And then four games against the Angels. So, I mean, there's a decent chance that the A's could go four and two <laughs> somehow. Um, so that, that could be a fun, fun thing. But if the A's do sell, I could see it being Mark Canna, being, being the guy, if they're going to sell at the deadline, but they're not going to be selling uh, the, the big cornerstones just yet. That would be an offseason move so that they can maximize the return that they get for those guys. Because if you are going to trade those guys, you have to nail the return so that you can, you know, keep going with the rebuild and the churn that the A's are constantly doing. And you got to make sure, I mean, I know that they didn't do it with uh, Donaldson and, uh, but, you know, they drafted OK and got uh, Chappie and Olsen and all that stuff. So they're going to have to do a little bit better this time around because they do have the Donaldson trade kind of hanging over things where if that had actually worked out, then they're, they're they're a decent team. But, you know, that didn't work out. So, oh, well, uh, so I, I'm not sure which way they're going to go right now. Um, I know that everybody's down about the A's and their uh, performance and all that stuff, but it's not like they're getting creamed a whole bunch or looking overmatched except for when they play the Astros. But if they went out and got just a couple of guys and it would take money to get them and also prospects, but I think they have enough prospects to go get some rental guys. And uh, I think that their market would be limited to guys that are on rental contracts because they're probably going to be selling during the offseason. So, um, and that's what I've been saying since, you know, last year is, Give me one more legitimate chance at winning a World Series before you tear it down. That's all that I want, right? You can tear it down this coming off season, but give me one more chance where you push the, push the chips in. Because if you're not actually going for it ever, then what's the point of even building at all? Why not just tear it down to the studs in the first place as opposed to doing the churn? Because uh, it's not like they're drawing more than 10,000 on a consistent basis anyway, so may as well draw five, right? <laughs> uh, I hate you, John Fisher. So obviously I just spent a, a decent amount of time uh, talking about the, the downside, but on the bright side, they're, they're like a five game win streak away from the fortunes of the season looking like they have turned. So uh, that's something that, I, you know, being the optimistic guy that I am, uh, I, that I'm looking forward to. And hopefully they can win a game or two against the Padres. And then uh, hopefully Mike Trout doesn't come back before the A's uh, face the Angels again. And then maybe they'll be on like a five game win streak by the end of this week. And we'll be like, ah, what, what, what were we talking about last week? That'd be great. Uh, but also they're going to need to make some trades because this team obviously has holes in there is no more waiver trade deadline, so that's that's an issue. But uh, one thing that is standing out to me currently is that the Houston Astros and Seattle Mariners play for the next three games, so that's going to, you know, uh, suck on both fronts for the A's, either, you know, ahead of them in the division or behind them in the wild card. But at the same time, uh, then the Astros, you know, have Thursday off, and then they go to San Francisco for three, and then the Dodgers for two, so... Over the course of the next, you know, week and a half, maybe the A's could actually gain some ground in the division if they can beat up on the Angels, which is something that they've been doing. Hopefully they can keep doing that. And then maybe if they make a, you know, a couple of moves, maybe, maybe we'll see something. Maybe we'll see something. That's all that I'm hoping for is something right now. So uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. On tomorrow's show, I am talking with Javier Reyes of Locked On Padres, previewing our series between the two clubs. Uh, it should be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm also getting a vaccine uh, for the whooping cough because my, uh, my, my sister's pregnant. My wife is pregnant. I need to get the whooping cough vaccine so that I can go see the babies. So I'm getting that on Monday and uh, I'm hoping that it doesn't knock me out completely. So uh, that I'm going to record 
record that as soon as I get the, the, the vaccine. I'm recording with Javier Reyes, so I will have a Tuesday episode, and uh, I'll let you guys know how I'm feeling for a Wednesday episode. But it should be okay. I, I'm planning on being fine because I'm a pillar of health. <laughs> but uh, that's all that I got for you guys today. So uh, follow the podcast wherever you like hearing podcasts. Leave us a rating and a review if you can. And also uh, make sure to follow us on social media at LockedOnAids on Twitter and Instagram. I am at ByJasonB on Twitter and in the Spotify Green Room app. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So and until next time, go out and celebrate good times, Oakland, and I will talk at you tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>